This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're in our final instalment of uh, of this wonderful chapter, um, as Paul has just reminded us to think who we are, why we are, and what we're here for. So before we begin, let's, uh, let's just pray. Father God, we just ask this morning that you would just bless us as we look into your word. And Father, as we've understood, as Paul has said to us over the past few weeks, that Father that we should ask for a blessing, but Lord, that is so that we might pass that blessing on, that we might be a blessing to those around about us. Father, we as Christians have received life. We have accepted that free gift of salvation. Father, we've understood that it's not by works, but Father, it is a free gift. And Lord, this morning we just worship you, we just bring all of our praise and all of our worship to you and we just give thanks Lord and we ask that you might just help us and strengthen us and you might bless us as we look into your word. Father we think um, of Helen, Alistair's sister-in-law and Rachel's sister-in-law, Father as they're um, down with them this morning that Lord that you would just help them and strengthen them as a family. Father all that's happening there you are in control, you know what's going off. Nothing's outside of your control Lord. And Father, we thank you for Helen and for her faith and her strength in the midst of the worst anguish. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would just be with them all and you would strengthen them, Lord. And out of, Father, something that is so sad and so heartbreaking that, Father, that people might turn to you and that lives might be changed, that they might have the opportunity to share the good news of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So be with them, Lord. Bless them, we pray, as a family. And Father, I hear right now that you would do the same for us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, and we have covered verse 1, and we are going to finish today on verse 21. We've gone from the beginning to the end. And this week, we'll finish that look in its entirety. Paul has showed us clearly um, who we are now that we're in Christ. He's pointed us to how we should be living um, and how we should be living for him. And last week he called us to use every opportunity to share the good news, the gospel, which means good news. To share that good news that we've received to tell people about our saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not remember through any moral obligation, because that's nonsense, but rather the love that compels us to share. Because we've received love, we want to pass that love on. Because we've received grace, we want to share that grace and that mercy to those around about us. I know who I am because of him, and I know what he's done for me. And the truth is, how could we do anything else? This is what Paul has been quickening our hearts, if you like, to think on. But two, remember our Christian walk, as we looked um, a few weeks ago, is progressive. And we're prayerfully becoming more Christ-like um, every day, each day as it comes. 
And that's our goal. Romans 12 and verse 2 reminds us of that. If you've got your Bibles, it's worth turning to. We looked at verse 1 um, last week or the week before. It says, Therefore I, ur- I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then he says, verse 2, Do not conform, so don't try and fit into any longer the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. He's saying to us, don't don't conform to the world any longer. You're not part of it. Don't conform to it. Rather, we should stand out. Oh, you're a bit odd. Hello. There's times when you shouldn't laugh, all right? There's, There's times when you should. And I feel like that was one of them times where you should have held it back a little bit. Um, but anyway, but we're, we're not to conform to the pattern of this world. We're not to do what everybody else does, to get involved in the gossip, to get involved in the swearing and the abuse, to get involved in those things. But rather we say, no, we are Christians. We are in Christ. So therefore, everything that I do shows people who my Savior is. I may well be the only pages of a Bible that somebody might ever read. So if I show the old self, People will go, well, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want anything to do with it. You see how the impact can be so severe if we don't think about the way that we're living our lives. Also, Ephesians um, and chapter 4, a fabulous chapter um, of the letter to the church at Ephesus. Um, again, my theology just astounds you, doesn't it? It does tell you at the beginning that it was to the church in Ephesus. But, you know, on this occasion, you can be happy. Um, Anyway, Ephesians chapter 4, and listen to this, verse 22. um, And he says this, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That sounds like something that we can never achieve, doesn't it? And of our own merit, we cannot. So it is true, we cannot achieve it. But by the grace of God, when we accept Christ into our lives as our own personal saviour, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us and guides us into living this way, into living for Christ. So my old self is done away with, and I am new in him. And this is what Paul um, is going to drill down into uh, this morning. So back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, and we'll just read from 16. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though once we uh, regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17, and this is a hinge point now. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. If there was ever an amen needed, it's there, isn't it? not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, that's you and me as Christians, listen, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
through you be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, I mean, they are the verses, and I, I, I speak of them very often when I get up, that him who knew no sin became sin. And if you've ever wondered where it's from, it's there. That Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for you and for me, so that it could be dealt with once and for all. And you see, as we are remembering our Christian walk and its progression, and we're becoming more Christ-like, we also have to understand that there is a difference between this onward journey to glory and our point of salvation. There is a, a big difference between our onward journey to glory and our point of salvation. So I ask the Lord into my life, I am saved, redeemed, set free. If I say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin, please forgive me for my sin, come into my life and change me then at that moment we receive the Holy Spirit. That's our point of salvation. That's it. Then from that point, there is an onward journey to glory. Paul tells us that we are in Christ. We are new creations. The old is gone. It's done with. And the new has come. And really the analogy which sort of fits this the best is a caterpillar and a butterfly. The same creature, yet very different. As something happens, you see, because a caterpillar, its sole aim in life is to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until eventually, one day, it hangs off a twig and turns itself into a hard chrysalis. And then what happens inside that chrysalis is everything turns to mush. Pretty disgusting, really. And everything turns to mush, and then from that point, it starts becoming this butterfly. It was a caterpillar, and it's now a butterfly. Its sole aim in life, then, once it comes out of this chrysalis, is to be something very different to what it used to be. A, a caterpillar was all about the eating, and now a butterfly is all about reproduction. Everything has changed. Its motives have changed. Its desires have changed. It looks completely different to what it used to look like. It is a different creature, although it is the same. And something happens, and scientists call it metamorphosis. And it's the same terminology that's used here. That everything that we were has metamorphosed into who I now am. Not because of me, or because of anything I could do, but because of Christ. My old self has gone... My new has come, and therefore I have metamorphosed into this Christ-like being in the sense that I am giving my all over to him. And then from that point, from that point of the, the salvation that I've asked Christ into my life, then it's time for a mindset change. Often in churches, and we can get mixed up really quickly if we're not careful, we get mixed up into this, well, today I'm going to be more more of a Christian. Have you ever heard that terminology? Oh, do you know, I was, I was, last week I was brilliant. I was, I was so much more of a Christian than I've been this week. Oh, don't, don't talk to me today. I'm having a nightmare. You won't want to talk to me today. I'm not being very Christian. Or somebody says to you, oh, that's not very Christian, is it? Anybody heard that one? Yeah, that's not very Christian, is it? Cuts you to the quick, doesn't it? 
But you see, the truth is that once I'm in Christ, when I'm in Christ, it can't change. See, my salvation cannot be taken from me. The book of Ephesians chapter 3, I believe, as it carries on, or it's chapter 6, sorry, as Paul continues, there's no height, nor depth, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So if I'm saved, I'm saved. Now, if I live tomorrow in the sense that I don't do things that really adhere to the word of God, and I'm not living as a disciple, I'm not being more of a Christian, I am a Christian, I'm saved, redeemed, set free. It's about being Christ-like. You know, today, I've let myself down, but not me. I've let him down by the way that I've lived. Rather, I've not been Christ-like. You can't be more of a Christian. And again, that gets us into that religious circle that says, oh, well, I've been saved for this many years, and I've done this many things, and I've, I've helped this many poor people. So what, you're more of a Christian than I am? It's nonsense. It's not what the Bible teaches whatsoever. That point of salvation is that metamorphosis, that change that as a caterpillar has gone from crawling on its belly to now flying around, then there we have changed completely. And that was the moment that that happened. And now my onward journey, my goal is, our goal is prayerfully, is to become more Christ-like. So therefore I live every day doing as the word of God has called me to do and try to be more Christ-like. Not in this sense that I'm trying to be more of a Christian, abiding by rules, ticking boxes, ticking off lists, but no, I'm already saved, redeemed, set free. It's a one-time thing. Repent, believe, accept Christ as your saviour and you are renewed. And then comes the onward journey to become more like him. And really, I, I, my, both my boys are in the swimming classes at the moment, and um, it costs you about 35 quid to get a certificate. Um, I reckon it's a scam, but anyway. But these puffing badges, you know, you've got, I mean, you've got to have them, I'm told. And... Uh, and, and every time they, they do something that they need to do, so right, if you can swim a length, you'll get a badge. If you can swim a width underwater, you'll get a badge. If you can tread water, you'll get a badge. If you can swim in your pyjamas, nobody's ever going to need that. But if you can swim in your pyjamas, you'll get a badge. And often, um, again, as churches can be fall into the trap of, it's like, that's what we've got to do. Oh, if I can do that, if I can achieve that then, and we fall into this religious trap. And it's so scary because it's so prevalent. It's so, it's the culture if we're not careful. And the truth is, if we're living our Christian life like that, then you need to come and see me. We need to talk. And if it's not something that you've ever really considered before, but now I'm saying it, you're thinking, well, actually, I have tried to tick a few boxes before. Then we need to chat. Because the truth is that if we've received Christ as Saviour, and if that's true, and our heart's desire is that we are His, we are saved, redeemed, and set free, then we have to live like that. So we need to chat. And you'll remember too, just to, to draw a, um, a scriptural context to it, that you'll remember the thief on the cross. Luke 22, uh, sorry, Luke 23 and verse 43. Jesus said to the thief, at the side of him, he says to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
And when you think about those uh, verses, and we've talked about baptism around those verses and, and what that means for the Christian. And if you want to know about that, come and see me afterwards. But specifically here in this moment, we put it into the context of this. That he did nothing to earn or progress his Christianity, did he? Rather, he did this. He confessed, he believed, and he acknowledged Christ as king. Let's just have a look at it. Luke chapter 23. And, and forgive me for laboring the point, but um, I want to make sure that this settles on our heart. And if you go away um, with nothing else today, then remember this, because this is the point that we have to get as we look at Luke 23, as Jesus turns to the thief. Luke 23 and verse 43, Jesus answered him, Today I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. But interestingly, listen to what happens. Let's just go from um, verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal, and this is the one that we're focusing on, he rebuked him. He said, don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. So understand then that he's put Jesus and he's put God in the same sentence. And also he's understood that he has done things wrong. He's confessed his sin. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You see, at that then, he has confessed, he has believed, and he has acknowledged Christ as king. And he received, that man on the cross, received the same salvation that Paul did. He received the same salvation that Abraham did. The same salvation that Moses did and Jacob did. He received exactly the same salvation. It didn't change. And Jesus makes this point as he thinks about uh, and, and draws the parable in Matthew chapter 20. And you'll read it through uh, 1 through 16. And it talks about the laborers in the vineyard. And Jesus tells them that it doesn't matter what time of day you come. If you come at 8 o'clock in the morning, I'll give you 50 pounds for working for the day. But if you come at 8 o'clock at night and there's only two hours left before we shut up shop, I'm going to give you 50 pounds. Well, the first one can't moan and say, hang on a minute, how come he's getting the same as I am? Well, you were happy with that just a few moments ago. And now you're deciding that you're not happy about it because he's only worked two hours and earned 50 quid. You see, it's a free gift of God. We, we can't say, oh, well, the thief didn't earn as much as he should have. Or, or those that are saved on their deathbed, in essence, they don't earn as much as, oh, well, I've worked all my life for you, Lord. It's a free gift from God. The Bible tells us that outside of Christ, we deserve death. Nothing else. But we get so wrapped up in what we feel like. Is it entitlement? I think that might be the word. And it's really scary and it's a trap that we fall into. So I've labored, I've labored the point, but specifically because if we're not careful, we fall into this trap of saying, well, I, I need to do this and I, I need to tick that. and My religion will then get better and I'll be more of a Christian tomorrow if I give to the poor today. Now, everything that we do is because the love of Christ compels us to do. 
I'm saved, redeemed, set free. One time event. And then from that point, I'm living to become more like my saviour. So we can conclude here that we are renewed. We're new creations at the very point of salvation. But we don't remain there. We push on and we live for Christ as he's called us to do, becoming more like him. We learn, we grow, and we are doing what he's called us to do. We cannot add to our salvation, but rather we can live for Christ. Amen? And as then uh, that then begins to take hold, there's a transition in a Christian's life. And this is really, I guess, the whole of the last three weeks have been to get to this point, because... Um, It's all right saying to people, oh, well, you need to do this and you need to do that, because that helps me to slip into that terminology and that language that then makes you feel obliged like you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And that's nonsense. But rather, as we've learned what Paul has told us here, what God has taught us through his word, then we are thinking about this transition that comes from, okay, I'm saved, redeemed, set free. I know that. Nothing can change that. Now what do I do? Do I just keep taking or do I give? Do I just keep receiving or do I pass on what the Lord has given to me? And that's the transition that happens. We go from saying, I need this and I want this and I come along to church for everything that I can get, but rather my mindset changes because I understand what God is telling us, that I want to serve him. Not out of moral obligation, but because it's the right thing to do. Because I've received grace and mercy. I've received love. What else could I do but pass it on? And that's the transition that occurs. And I've talked about this um, a few times before. Um, and I've mentioned it. But, but the truth is that it's about being spiritually mature. We want to start stepping into what God has called us to do. And each of us, I believe, have a God-given purpose. It's our choice whether we take that up or not. It's our choice to say, Lord, I want to live for you, or I am happy to sit on my deck chair and bask in your beauty. There's a time for that, but right now, Jesus isn't here in the sense that, as we think about Mary and Martha, no, the time is now to share the gospel to share the good news. This is a time of grace that God has given to humanity for us to be able to share the word of God. There will be a time where we will sit at his feet and we will enjoy his beauty for all its magnificence. But right now is the time for us to step into what God has called us to. Church is a place where you can come and get fed, absolutely. But also for us as believers, there is a time when we have to grow up and that we want to step from not just getting fed at church, but to serving, to being able to feed those around about us. And and Paul, um, as he goes, let's just get back to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, and again, 18 through 20, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, as he uh, committed to us the message of reconciliation. And then verse 20, we're therefore, all of us as Christians, we are therefore, all of us as Christians, we are therefore, all of us as Christians, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So if that's the case, if I am Christ's ambassador and God's making his appeal through me, if I keep my mouth shut, 
And that is difficult for me to do. But if I keep my mouth shut and I don't share the good news about Jesus Christ, and if I just live in a nobody look at me and I, and I don't serve and I don't love because, well, I'm not gifted that way. Then all of a sudden, this verse doesn't really make sense to me. Because we're therefore, we are therefore, we are therefore, we are, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. Should the almighty God use people such as you and me? Or give us the opportunity to be used by the creator God? How can we hold back, hey? How can we hold back? Rather, we should live every day that says, Lord, I am here for you. Whatever needs to happen, I am here for you. An ambassador is a representative sent by state as its permanent promoter in a foreign country. Doesn't that sound good? I felt like I could have been an ambassador. I'd have been kicked out immediately. Boom. A representative sent by state as its permanent promoter in a foreign country. That's us. We are citizens of heaven. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 tells us that, that we are citizens of heaven, here on earth, declaring and making much of our Saviour Jesus Christ. Verse 20 goes on, as though God were making his appeal through us. What a wonder all of that is. You know, and our hearts should burn inside of us with excitement and anticipation that God should choose to use you and me to share his gospel, to share the good news. It's incredible, isn't it? When you think about you, and you look at yourself in the mirror like I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, I mean, I could pick 20 other people straight off the bat. But God's called you and me. He's called us to share the good news about Christ. Isn't that incredible? And Moses said, oh, I can't do it. I'm not eloquent enough. And we say, Lord, I would if I could, but, you know, there's somebody better. No, I've chosen you. I've chosen you. So tell people about Christ, that God should choose us to share the wonderful news. And Paul wraps it up then with the wonder of this great news. Verse 21. And just listen to this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And my prayer is, and um, our prayer is as a church, that you... If you've heard the gospel, you've heard the good news about Jesus Christ, and it might be for years that you've heard it. Heck, it might be for the first time today. But don't harden your heart. Because the good news, the gospel, is saving grace. It gives you the opportunity to step from death to life. And it gives you the chance to say, and to stop fighting the system that says, I am good enough, I have been good enough, I've never done anything wrong, I'm fine. Or that stands there and says, well, you know, well, the word of God is just the word of God. And this morning, Aubrey told us this morning that the word was flesh. The word became flesh. It was Jesus Christ. History points to the man Jesus Christ. History, history shows us the man Jesus Christ. And we talked about Peter a few weeks ago who said, I don't know him. Nothing to do with him. I'm not interested. And then the cock crowed three times. And then the same Peter who met the risen Christ was willing to be crucified upside down for him. Remember, the same Peter who said, I don't want anything to do with him, 
is the same Peter who met the risen Christ and said, don't crucify me the same way as my saviour because I don't deserve that. And listen, you know, if somebody is willing to give their life and to willing to bear testimony and say, when the gun is pointed to the head and say, no, I am with Jesus, I know, I have seen him, I love him. If somebody is willing to do that, surely then it helps us to just think on the fact that we may well just be hardening our hearts. Christ became sin for you and me. He took it on himself. He knew no sin, yet he became sin so that he might deal with it once and for all. And all you have to do this morning, like the thief hung at the side of Jesus on the cross, is confess your sin, believe in him, and declare him as your king. It's that simple. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are just astounded by your grace. Father, by your mercy, by your love. That, Father, you should give your very best in the Lord Jesus Christ for each one of us. And, Lord, this morning we just want to lift his name high. And, Father, I pray that for the hearts in this place that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that your Holy Spirit would move, that walls might be broken down, that barriers might be moved and that lives might be changed. Father God, our prayer is that people might come under the sound of the gospel and receive Christ as their saviour. And Lord, that's our prayer this morning. With all earnest that we can, that Father, we give our all to you and we ask, Lord, that you would just speak into hearts and lives. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's prompted us to think upon our position before our holy God. And we just pray, Lord God, that you would just help us to serve you in whatever way that might be. That, Father, as we've understood that we are saved, that we are loved, and that, Father, from that point, we want to give our all for you. Bless us now, we pray, as we worship together. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.